Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week I'm your chunk. I'm Doge, and is that my hunk? Yes, 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 yes. And I'm I'm Carter. In the quiet of the evening, when the chunks assume their patterns... (laughs) Is that one of the Forgotten Sting songs? That's the one that's actually in the oh, credits. It's in the credits. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a good one. I just want to intro that because the Sting stuff is so interesting. It is it's very Ooh. interesting. Ooh. <laughs> oh, hey, Doge, uh, why are you the hunk? Tell me. You guys told me I was. <laughs> I didn't get a pick. I said, who's the hunk? Who's the chunk? And you guys said you. Tell me why. No, you don't no, like you, to talk about it. I don't have to. Talk about you it. Have Tell me to. why. No. no. <laughs> Because I did a Lynn impression. I Guys, it on the end of our no, episode. that's not good enough. He did a rap. If you haven't listened to the last two minutes of the Mulan episode. Go back right now. Go back right now. And if you really love us, listen to the whole thing. But go ahead and listen <laughs> to the last two minutes. And Doge has given some production quality it's to the gift. synopsis. It, it is a gift. It's a gift. It is the greatest gift. It's the greatest uh, gift. And it is just basically a... Lin-Manuel Miranda version of the synopsis of Mulan, which you never <laughs> thought you would get, but then you got it and you never can imagine your life without it. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing you can always count on us to provide to you, <laughs> it's worse versions of the great things Lin-Manuel Miranda does. Yeah, that's, that's us. That's sort of our brand. <laughs> that's it. We're Walmart Lin. But it that's was our meat and taters. An easy hunk. Mm. Easily hunk worthy. And I think a lot of the chunkies agree. Thanks, so thanks guys. again for that. So very far outside my comfort zone. Hey. That's can tell sometimes where sometimes the best where stuff lives. The best stuff lives. Yeah, that's, that's, my favorite, that's one of my favorite songs from this this movie that we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah, which is, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, uh, that movie is called The, the Emperor's, Emperor's New Groove. Ugh, guys, I'm ready. Doge, synopsify me. This was going to be boring. Yo, the yo, yo. Stu- so, the old kind. <laughs> there was a gun in the mix. <laughs> there was a what now? A gun in the mix. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove tells the story of a selfish young ruler named Cusco. Uh, What's who, his name? Who goes on a cross-country trip with his new pal, Pacha, 
while <laughs> he has been turned into a llama, and he learns how to be a nice person and not destroy people's houses to build his water park. This summer home. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I imagine, had- <clears throat> imagine me 19 years ago, 20 years ago, when this movie was in production, walking into Disney's offices and saying that exact sentence. <laughs> what if there was a guy and he went on this trip? Hang on, though. He's a llama. So, so, but not always. <laughs> that is something that Callie and I talked about when we watched this. It's just like, what right yeah. does this movie have to be this good? And it's about a guy that gets turned Dude, into a llama. It's just like, like Disney's luckiest thing they've ever done. I Absolutely. think maybe. Because Absolutely. they, oh, it was just amidst a just tumultuous time of like management and ownership and who was calling the shots. And yeah. Man, there's a lot of material out there about what this almost was. Yeah. Years and years before. I think the idea they originally had was like a 94 for this movie. Yeah. yeah. And it was it a just, follow-up to Lion King. Yes. Yeah. A follow-up. And this is what we got. Right? right. But here's the thing. This is our number two. Right. Pit, right? So, like, they just stumbled upon something. Brilliance. And so, I think what we get to see, what, took a year? Like, yeah. they had not a lot of, like, they were the normal amount of production deadline, time. Yeah. Which might... Like, get, be a testament to its runtime. Sure. What's up, 78 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah. So, Callie put a poll up on her Instagram of like, uh, was this movie quoted, like, our family quoted it all the time. Was this movie like A, quoted daily or B, never yeah. talked about in your family? Yeah. 95% of her responses or 94% of her responses were quoted daily. Yeah. And that's funny. And I'm the 6%. Because for some reason, this slipped through the cracks for me. Has there ever been that movie in your life that yeah. everyone in the world has yes. seen? And you Mine haven't? Hercules. Until I was grown. I almost really? feel like this was more egregious. Because yeah. if you tell people you haven't seen Hercules, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I, I've like, never told what? people that. You've never seen but with seen Emperor's this? New Groove, I had. Yes, Before this was this? not my okay. first watch. But my first watch was about five years ago. No way. Yeah, which is 14 years after it came out. Yeah. That's crazy. Right? That's and it is, I saw this I mean, in theaters. Yeah. Uh, my and mom, I totally could have. I was twelve years old. Yeah, my mom wouldn't let me go see this in theaters. I really wanted to. It's uh, rated G. She well, said, hold on. You know, <laughs> she said she didn't want me to go see it because uh, it looked just very smart, Alec, and she didn't want me to be smart, Alec. Well, <laughs> lose, lose. I know. <laughs> hey, mom, if you're listening, sorry. Just no, about, it. about Doge all is of a it. good, good boy. It's probably because he didn't see it when he was a kid. <laughs> That's I mean, look so at Jordan. Funny. He saw it in theaters. And I'm the worst. <laughs> look at him. <laughs> look at this guy. Look at him through your radio. <laughs> this movie is something completely different than anything Absolutely. that was coming out at the time or that really that I've seen almost since. Yeah. Um, but let's jump right in, shall we? We get introduced to our llama pal, Sad Alone. In a jungle swamp. Out in the rain looking real pitiful. The animation is so fun in this movie. <clears throat> it is so fun. And right away, we are introduced to the voice of one David Spade. And for me, David Spade, by and large, whatever. I mean, yeah, don't love him. Don't hate him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of nothing to me. I can't imagine this movie without him. Yeah. he's. I mean, yeah. he is, he, <clears throat> this is his, I mean, this has to be his pinnacle. Yes. Yeah, I would say this is peak David Spade. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Not Benchwarmers? Oh, but that's such a good <laughs> I mean, one. Like, all the stuff he did with Chris Farley, though, is pretty iconic. Sure. Yes. Comedy, like Absolutely. with the whole comedy duo type movie. Um, little stint on SNL. 
But yeah. Overall, though, I don't much care for David Spade. No, I don't. And, and that's what's this. funny is I feel like it's a hit and miss with him. Yeah. yeah. More miss than hit. You know, it's not it's not the Cali Wonders poll of 96 yeah, to 4. Yeah. Right. But it's probably like 70-30. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't. I mean, if you love Joe Dirt, you like him a lot. Um, <laughs> right. So maybe a lot of people from like where we live from. Statistically, if you love Joe Dirt, you have very little overlap with the people who might be listening to us right That's now. probably true. <laughs> but we hear David Spade as Cusco right at the beginning, introducing himself and the tragedy that has befallen him. And then... <laughs> We go back. I like this as a framing device. This is really, really fun. Um, it is fun. Man, I feel like there's another movie like this that might have been an actual drama that it just starts right in the middle of like, I don't know. Like the this pattern feels like something I mean, I've seen exact, before. That exact trope of, yeah, that's me. Yeah, You're, you're probably, probably wondering, wondering how I got, got here. here. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's that. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, Thor Ragnarok kind of starts like that, but it doesn't go back. Yeah. But it kind of has that same vibe of like, well, here we are. You know, it's in media res. I mean, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's a plot device. It's super fun in this one. But we kick off this bad boy with one of the funnest songs ever. I forgot this song was in this movie. Oh, this I did. Like the only song in the movie. I know, and it was written for. I mean, it was written for Empire of the Sun originally, and was very different. Really, yeah. Empire Perfect of the World. Sun, which we haven't referenced yet, I don't think, is what this King, was hey, going to be. Hey, Kingdom of the Sun. Kingdom of the Sun. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Kingdom of the Sun. And Sting actually had, they were having him basically Phil Collins this movie. And they he was right. going to have, or him, Elton John this, John movie, this movie. Yeah. yeah. And have six, uh, six songs that he would have produced and written and probably sung in most of them for that song. It was going to be obviously a lot different. It wasn't going to be as funny uh, as this one. So it was actually a retelling of Prince and the Pauper mm -hmm. um, where Cusco, still played by David Spade, um, was going to swap places with Pacha. Who was going to be played by uh, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, right. Oh, and, man. Um, they were wow. identical. Swap places. And wow. then Yzma, still played by Eartha Kitt, was going to change uh, the actual Cusco, whose name wasn't Cusco in that movie, but was going to change Cusco into a non-speaking llama and then blackmail Pacha into like doing her bidding as the emperor. Well, and, and there, there was, was like, even like Cusco. Cusco and, had like, Cusco's character had like a twin. Right. To, yeah. No, that's Pacha. Place. Oh, Pacha was the Pacha twin. Pacha was the lookalike pauper that the prince finds. Yeah. So there is a wow. there's a fascinating a talking wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Uh, there's a fascinating documentary about this called The Sweat Box. The Sweat Did you get to watch The Sweat I Box? I didn't get to watch The Sweat it Box. It's free to online. Find. And there's my super dump. Oh. The Sweat Box is like impossible to find. You can find low quality versions on YouTube. I could not find. I heard it was on Vidme, like which I don't even know what that kind is. Of, oh, that any is illegal. kind of Disney, <laughs> it does feel illegal. <laughs> Disney's done a great job squashing this. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they don't want people to watch the sweat box. And that's a bummer because I'm very interested in the well, behind-the-scenes stuff and there's very little out there. It's highly rated, too, by the yeah. critics that got to see it. It's hmm. They're saying this is like an exposure Yeah. Didn't Sting's thing. wife make the documentary? She did. Yeah. She yep. produced it. Sting S. Sting S. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stang. 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 And they used, <laughs> yeah, they used a lot of uh, footage of like him actually recording all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to watch it. We need to I try do. And find I want it. to. I I would rather just hear the songs than see that documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I'm very interested in both, right. but I just love Sting. So. But we do start out with sort of a remnant from the past with "Perfect World," that song, which is one that Sting had written. You know, albeit sort of a sillier version, but yeah. um, that song, it just the opening of this movie sets everything, mm -hmm. everything up. Yeah. 
it is so perfect with who is Cusco and what's his deal and how selfish he is and yeah. how much power he has. And then we are immediately introduced to Pacha and Isma and Kronk. And those are, I mean, oh my. I think it's fair to say the yeah. four major players, right? Like, here's what's so crazy about all of it too is this is all just a product of a timeline they could not move. Right. Because they, yeah. like, it still had to be released in the summer of 2000 because they had all these other deals that they had with like merchandising, like McDonald's had toys yeah. and all this other stuff that was supposed to spawn. And like, we can't, like, it's out of our control. You have to do this. And right. I just can't get over how lucky this ended up being. Yeah, for real. And this is the only way they would, it feels like the only way they would do something like this. Have, have they done anything like this since? No, I don't think no. so. Because th this movie is it's equal, so parts, unique. equal parts comedy, parody, and drama. And, and I think that is a mixture that Disney sometimes shies away from. Yeah. This is the closest to Shrek that Disney's ever come. Yeah, you know what I, I think mean? I like, agree with like that. Tonally. Is there something about the Emperor's New Groove that feels Mel Brooksian to you? Yes. Yes. Very much. So you know what it is? Much to okay, me. I'm going to use a big word, and I'm not as smart as it makes me sound, but it's the anachronistic humor that's involved. So, uh -huh. like, it's the humor out of time, sort of, where, like, yeah. these characters— Because the movie's set, I believe, in Peru, technically. Uh -huh. And, like, these characters from— Because this is the, the Incan empire. Right. Yeah. These oh, yeah. characters from Incan-era Peru should not understand being hypoglycemic and going to a diner and, like, roller coasters and, like, all of these things sort of— that are there but shouldn't be. Yep. It's, it's that sort of, in the same way that Mel Brooks loves that like medieval with modern sort of. And Mel Brooks, every villain in his movies is so ridiculously funny. Right. Yeah. Every villain is almost my favorite part. But right. then everybody is so funny. Like everything yeah. about it, there's not a single character that is put on screen to not be funny. Even Pacha's family. Like yeah. every Like every character. And there's only, also in a Mel Brooks kind of way, there's, there's like 12 characters and that's it. It feels like a one-act play. Right, yeah. Uh -huh. Mel you know? Brooks, he's young Frankenstein, right? Young I mean, Frankenstein, one of my favorite, Frankenstein. one of my Passion favorite comedies, right? Gosh. Braveheart. That was him. Yeah. It's Gibson, Mel Brooks, it's Gibson, yeah. actually. That's my favorite Mel Brooks. That's, Gi that's Gibson Brooks. <sighs> um, but, no, but young Frankenstein is what comes to mind, just yeah. with like the silliness of sort of a well-known type of story. Yeah. Uh, but you know what's interesting to me? And um, so spoiler alert, I guess, is that I love this movie kind of undyingly. <laughs> and um, so it took me a long time to find my super dump. And here it is. Uh -oh. um, and it's it's because... <laughs> it's that this movie's too short. I want more. Also that. But it is so strange to me that this movie is... The namesake of this movie has literally nothing to do with yeah, this Emperor's story. New clothes, yeah. yeah. The Emperor's New Clothes and Emperor's New Groove could not be less related to one another besides the fact that there's an emperor. Yeah. yeah. I imagine in the pre-screening, like the writer is sitting there and he sees the title on screen for the first time. He's like, oh shoot. And like his eyes get big and he looks both ways and he's like, is anybody going to pick up on this? But then everybody's laughing right. so much. He's like, Whew. we're good. Yeah. Right. But, but it felt, yeah. yeah. Nothing to so do if it. you're wondering why that's such a lame super dump, it's because I really scraped the bottom of the barrel for that one. But yeah. <laughs> there no, we are. That's fine. Um, yeah. Cusco's a jerk. And that's something too that yeah. is so unique and we don't really see much anymore is like in terms of a Disney protagonist like it's like a question mark yeah. because like what right. a, what a jerk right <laughs> and and it's interesting because i i feel like sometimes the um the fat bumbling sidekick stereotype goes and leans more towards he's a dummy with a heart of gold and pacha yeah. is not dumb and does have a, like pacha is the most like morally true character in the whole yeah. movie 
and also is so helpful and so smart and so loving and kind. Like, it's so interesting to me, the dynamic that they have created between our main characters. Yeah, and I'm going to bounce around a little bit and see if we can pull this off. So uh, who would you say the four main characters in Aladdin are? Um, Aladdin, Jasmine, Jafar, Genie. Uh, How many of them are voice acted by somebody you are familiar with? Genie. Genie. One. Okay, let's jump around and let's just do Hercules, top four. Hercules, Hercules, Hades, Hades, Meg, Meg. and Phil. Yeah, I'd agree. How many of those? Two? Two. Two. Tarzan. I'm not doing all of them. I'm just giving you examples. Tarzan, Jane, probably Kala, and no, probably Turk and And Clayton. uh, Clayton. Two. One, two. one two. or two? Yeah. This is four. This is like four for four right. for most people. I mean, yes, right. you might not know who voices Kronk and that like Earth, but Eartha Kitt's a big deal. Yeah. And right. she voice well, acted this at the age of like 73. Which is crazy. And she, she did so, so well. But great. Kronk was, Pat, I mean, Patrick Warburton had already done his Seinfeld stint and had already, That's what been, I'm I mean, saying. He's, a, he's a big name at that and point. And John yeah. Goodman's probably the biggest name. Yeah. At, I think so. at that time, maybe David Spade over him, but Maybe yeah. not either. I mean, like, he like Goodman still had Roseanne and all that stuff true. that he'd been doing. So Ooh. it's tough. But yeah, yeah, it's this is a four for four. And yeah. what they did is it's all four people that are pretty funny. Yeah. And that's yeah. what happens. That's what felt so, felt so Mel Brooks about it too. Maybe it just I a, don't know enough about Eartha Kitt, but she, I would, I mean, it is shocking to me how good Yzma is. Yeah. Eartha Kitt was one of the first that we see on screen Catwoman. Yes. Which makes yep. it funny that with Adam West, right? She uh-huh. ends up turning into a cat at the end. That was actually on purpose Interesting. as a reference to that. I from did what not I might even think about that. Doge, do you have to say something? I right sure now? do, guys. Eartha Kitt is my super pump. Oh, yeah. She is unbelievably okay, 73. good. 73. Like the energy yeah. that she had. Because Isma is just Isma is is Isma the funniest villain. Does Kronk count as a villain? No. Kronk's then a sidekick. Yes. More than Hades. Like it's like. Oh yeah, that's that's the two that I had to fight over a little bit. Good call. Yeah, I think Isma is the funniest. I think Isma's better. I think she yeah. is too. Which she's is incredible. That's a she's big so good. Deal. I think she is too. Yeah, she. I mean, her timing and, um, like to me, the thing that gets me the most about Isma is her inflection, which is a weird thing I feel yeah. like to zone in on. No, but you're, like, you're exactly right. The way she says, I always laugh. So again, I can almost quote this entire movie. So forgive me, but like when she's got the broccoli and she's like, "Just about to bring that scene on the head," like yes. that whole thing <laughs> is so good. Um, the Isma Kronk uh, relationship. So she's <laughs> she has hired him for his Wii Sports appeal. Yeah, I believe That's the so. implication is that she hires because every ten new, years, yeah, every she, ten years, the, she yeah. outgrows their attractiveness. Yeah. Okay. I think that's yuck. amazing. <laughs> no, I mean, yes, yuck, first of all. But second of all, that is like it's crunk. so funny. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep going. Um, <laughs> and I'm. Uh, it's funny that the super dumps are coming out so fast. It's almost as if we had, a lot, of, had a lot of coffee. No, I was going to make just another. I'm trying to be a metaphor guy. Um, oh. We. <laughs> maybe. Uh, you coming out so fast. Maybe leave yeah. that um, to the pros. So my. <laughs> leave that to the metaphor people. Uh, my super dump is Disney seems too proud of all the other stuff that worked well to not keep doing this. Ooh, We did Carter. not get anything else like Emperor's New Groove because I think deep down, they feel cut by what happened with it. They were yeah. like, this is, okay. not, this is not very Disney. I think that's why it's popular. Like somehow yeah. Emperor's New Groove is more popular because- It's almost more DreamWorks than Disney. It's it a short like really comedy. Is. This is probably like- 
what makes there's different kinds of rewatchable. This is rewatchable as if it's like I need to go to counseling. Like I just need some. I just need a. I need an escape. Yes. I need yeah. something that doesn't really have drama. Sure. I just need something to watch. This is watching three episodes of Seinfeld for me. It's watching is watching Emperor's New Group once. Right. Yeah. Right. It's not really about nothing, but yes. And what's great too is they do manage to have some plot points that are like, oh, that's really sweet. Like, yeah. sure. And a yeah. lot of that is the surrogate of Pacha. But I just think Disney had something here and they were too proud to say that they did mm-hmm. and they've never done it again. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they've ever done anything like this again and I'm sad they never will. Well, part so of I me, super dump on that. Part of me wonders if they are offended by the fact that an idea that was so antithetical to what they normally do and not what they wanted it to be did so well and right. they're like shunning it because it's yeah. like, well, you don't deserve that or whatever. Um, but I think I agree specifically with what you're saying about its rewatchability. Oh, yeah. Um, I find this movie, and this is totally subjective, but I find this movie infinitely rewatched. As in, I could finish it, start it over, and not be mad that it just started again. Mm-hmm. Um, I have probably seen this movie close to triple digits, is my guess, in my Good lifetime. Gracious. That is crazy, dude. We, I mean, this was, so we used to- I don't think I've looked at my wife that many times. I think- I've seen it triple, triple <laughs> times. times. Three. <laughs> I think funny. this is, I think this is sort of a fun anecdote, and let's cut it if it's not, but when we used to go on road trips in our old minivan that had like no TV or anything, we would uh, bungee cord- <laughs> Wait, do you have minivans with TVs? You know, like most people. There's a point. Um, we would bungee <laughs> cord you. a TV to a milk crate in between no the two way. front seats so that we could watch stuff. Yes. And we would have to put headphones in for every movie except Emperor's New Groove. And my parents would say, turn it up. Yeah. <laughs> because they wanted to listen because they loved it. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for this movie that kids and adults love not only equally, but Almost for the same reasons. It's such a funny combination, though, because it's like it it almost checks a, checks a box for every kind of humor. Yes, like a kid gets to watch it and look how funny they look. Oh, they fell down. Yeah. Oh, they're so mean. Ha ha. He's silly. wrong lever. Ha ha. But then, like the the script. Oh, the script is so it good. is tight. It is so funny. Yes. So funny. Back and forth. I mean, it is just like quick, and, and a, you miss things. A lot of the dialogue. Um, it's interesting. I was expecting to find that a lot of the dialogue was improvised. I think a lot of it was scripted. Like, I think, I think so. the script is just that good. I think it, it is. Scripted. Yeah, it's it's scripted. It's a strong script, but it definitely feels still scripted. And when yeah. we're talking about improv, and I, I guess not really an apology to the Chunkies, if they voted this second, they've seen it a lot too. So I guess we don't have to go as chronologically through the entire movie, through all yeah. the scenes. But uh, because you talked about improv, so Cronk, um, man, what is that guy's? Patrick Warburton. Warburton. Improvised his theme song. Yes, and he had to sign a. Yeah, he had to sign the rights over to Disney yeah. for that no theme song. Way. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Which yeah. is because maybe one of the best scenes in the whole movie. It's oh, really, it's my, really funny. I think that scene is why Kronk won. Uh, I think so. Our, our spring delirium. I would argue that that rewinds all the way up to the beginning of the dinner scene. Yeah, everything that Kronk. Everything about Kronk that, that goes is good. from dinner scene all the way through uh, my what shoulder to do, angel. What to do? Yeah. What to do? What to do at the bus? My shoulder yeah. angel. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. It's all I mean, I just can do this. Right. The one that's like <laughs> no, the no, one-handed no, no. push-up. No, no. He's getting for it. You see what I mean, though? It's so quotable that <laughs> yeah. it makes me feel like a dork. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fair. It's just like, so let's you know talk that about, part where it's like, and then I just quote the whole thing. Yes. And there's, and again, it's so much about these four main characters. It is. Um. So- Actually, I'm going to steal your thunder for one second because yeah. since it's so much about the four main characters, I want to take a second, detour from them, and get it out of the way talking about 
the other best characters, in my opinion, which are Pacha's family. I yeah. love Pacha's family. Yeah, they're great. They're in a movie with such strong four main cast, you wouldn't expect them to have another subset of characters that are mm-hmm. equally as fun and engaging, especially with two, frankly, annoying children. Right. That yeah. are so great. They're great. But I mean, his wife and kids are so good. Yeah. And, and there, I love how, how much respect Pacha shows his wife. Yes. And how capable yeah. she is. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, no. And it's, got not, it's not kind of the like what you feel like guys watching a football game would say about their wives, right? Right. Yeah. That's toxic. Like we shouldn't, like you should never negatively talk about like that just because everybody else is doing it. Right. Like yeah. he legitimately is like, no, I respect her a lot. She she's knows more than I do. Yeah. And then we see that later when she's trying to help distract, which is also in a really Gosh. funny scene. That's yeah. So good. Um, and she was our, she was our and, maybe yeah. only pregnant character we've seen. She's the first ever pregnant character Disney ever depicted in an animated movie. Yeah. So, has there been another? I'm know. trying to think if there's another one. I'm not sure. I but is. I know that she was the first. Yeah. Uh, 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 I mean, we might see like... Ellie in Up, maybe at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry to bum you guys out. That yeah. movie's still sad. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't change. <laughs> but yeah. That, you mean the one that's dead? I don't have a lot of depth to talk about with them, which is why I just want to go ahead and get it out of the sure. way. But I, I didn't want to accidentally get to the end and realize... That I didn't mention that I really love their character. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, honestly, even the old man is like, I drew up his groove. <laughs> like, that's, and that's Winnie the Pooh, right? That's that's uh, uh-huh. the voice actor for Wait. Winnie the Pooh. Wait, yeah. okay. I didn't look. Uh-huh. You'll hear it. You'll hear uh, it for speaking sure. Speaking of double dizzers, the waitress at the diner is Tantor's mother. Yes. <gasps> what? Yeah. What, a, what a unique double diz. Oh. Okay, yep. can we talk about how much she as an animated character looks exactly like what I think she probably looks like in real life? Yep. It's kind of weird. <laughs> That's hilarious. We got to say, so let's, we clearly see at the beginning, Yzma wants to take the throne. Right. Cusco knows this. Right. He's trying to come in and say like, hey, I know what you're up to later. And she yes. says, what do you mean later? And the scene too, and it, we're not going to be able to say all of them. I guarantee you, we're going to listen to this episode on, on, on Tuesday. And be like, crap, I can't believe we never talked about that. Because that's how full of content yes. it is, how dense it is. But when Kronk is putting down the bust's, of Cusco for Isma to smash them. Yes. Clearly, this is not the first time they've done it. Right. He's and Kronk, like, he's like, got to make sure that the face is at her so she enjoys it more. Like, the, the little things about how funny this is. Right. Uh, and Lived then that the goes left. straight into the dinner. Yeah. What act? So, if it's time. three acts, right? I'm looking at my structure boy. Yes. Of storytelling. If it's three acts, acts, does the first act feel the fastest um, in this movie? I would. So, where do you define the first act as ending is my question. That's what I'm trying to figure out too. So, because it's like, we find out, okay, I think within three minutes or two minutes of her being fired, she's already got the plan to kill Cusco. Right. And it's already almost Poison done. Poison the box. The first act would be when, whenever Cusco's body is sent down the, the river. Okay. Essentially, See, whenever he leaves. I would call uh, the end of the first act uh, Pacha discovering Cusco tied up in the back of his uh, trolley. Uh, yeah, I mean, those, those are like a beat apart. So, right. But, yeah, and and... And it's tough because I think maybe because of the wit too, this whole movie feels fast. Yeah, but not, it really not does. in a bad way. No, I mean, it's seventy-eight minutes. No, I would say in fact it's in a good way because to me it's so it feels so fast-paced and over so quickly that it's like no, I want more. Yeah, and not in a oh there wasn't enough way in a I could do this all day kind of way. Yeah, yeah. call me Cap. <laughs> but yeah, I I do think the first act is probably. Um, the quickest, shockingly, because I feel like we have an actual lengthy third act in this movie. Traditionally, the first act is the shortest. Like you've got a, it's okay. like a, like a 20, 
but maybe not in the Disney morning. dozen yeah, from what we've Disney been talking about. It's like the our third first acts have been really, really bloated. Yeah. In the Disney mm-hmm. dozen. Cool. Yeah. It takes us a little bit to get to what our story is about. Do you think that's part of why this movie is so easy to watch is because it just flows correctly? I think so. I think the pacing is just, it's like you said, it's just relentless. Right. Like it's so, it is so fast yeah. and, and, in a good way. Like it, yeah. because if you let it breathe too much, it stops being funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think so I agree with I that. I think it's good. And it, it, it really is almost an assault of humor. Yeah. Like to the point where there are certain points in this movie where I'm not done catching my breath before the next thing that makes me laugh starts again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, particularly with, did you guys notice the visual gag when, uh, Crunk mixes up the poisons and dumps it in the (laughs) cactus and the cactus is a llama in the next shot. Yes. Yeah. That's just brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much good stuff like that. There really is. But we end up, you know, theme song, shoulder angel and devil, all such good stuff. <laughs> Cusco goes over, ends up in Pacha's, uh, what is it? Wagon? His, yeah. His Let's cart. say wagon, cart. And then back I at Pacha's house. I guarantee you there's not a chunky out there that's going to correct us. And if they do, they're like, wow, what a jerk would I be <laughs> with my cart knowledge. Cart wagon. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, dude. Quagon. That's a wagon. But we, we end up at Pacha's house and thus begins, I think, our second act. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Because right now it's time for Shout Now. <laughs> Welcome to Shout Announcements, the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. <laughs> First shout out. I hate it more every time. <laughs> First shout out is going to go to Wax Space and Tyler Station. It's where we are right now recording our podcast. We drink their coffee and their snacks. And we're in ya. Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite part every time. I'm trying to avoid that. Because of the good singer and all her songs that we love. Thank you, Wax Space and Tyler Station. If you're in Dallas and you need a place to work and don't have one, check out. Tyler Station and Wax Space. Also, we want to give a shout out <laughs> Sorry, to <laughs> Podbean. We pay you money. We put stuff on you. That's right. It's our podcast. Thank you, Podbean. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Trying to mix it up. Yeah, we're good at this. Uh, we got a couple of emails that uh, became buried in our, in our double week a couple of weeks back whenever we... Uh, momentarily slipped out of your mortal time stream into our own <laughs> podcast time. Yes. Uh, so we got a couple of emails back then that I, I neglected to shout out. Um, and those shout outs go to uh, Cody, Jacob, and Jonathan. Thank mm. you guys for reaching out. Uh, some of you had reached out with good observations, good questions. Um, and we have not emailed you back yet. Uh, again, because we've just been spending a whole lot of time in our own sort of podcast temporal <laughs> slipstream. You know, but now we're back and we're here and we'll reply to those. And we're here and we're back. You know, we've talked about a lot with Emperor's New Groove how the production team just kind of got like Disney as a a whole got lucky. Mm. Like something just fell together and it worked. Right. And that's what this podcast feels like. Yeah. And it's not to be like, of course, the last thing I would say is we don't need the listeners because we do it for you guys. But we would still do this regardless. And I think that shows. I think we would like we enjoy each other. We enjoy the content. And we enjoy like putting it out there. But yeah, what fun. is just so amazing is how many of you reach out to us like that. Like, yeah. I think there used to be a season to where it was like, let's make up a shout out, right? Like, if no, if, we've never. No, I mean, I mean, never. But it was like I was, I was a ghostwriter, and I just had these different names, and I was like, hey, I love you guys so much. <laughs> no, you're um, amazing. You have a whole bunch but, of burner emails. Um, <laughs> we we kind of, I mean, we get to follow like how many downloads we get a week and all that stuff. And it's really humbling and it's, it's an awesome thing and we're never going to change. And we we're really conscious of that by the way too, but it's, it's been 
Um, this is so much a thank you. And it continues to be a an ask of like, subscribe. If you haven't already, go ahead and right. subscribe. Because that does help us out a lot. Uh, rate and review. We are over 100 now. We're at 101. Yeah. On a yeah. Disney day. How perfect. Whew, perfect. Right? 101. Dalmatian rate reviews. Ma- rate review Dalmatians. Dalmatians. 101 Dalmatians. Very good. <sighs> That's great. For more of that content. <laughs> Don't you want to hear us make more Don't good wanna, words? Right? So thanks for dealing with us for that long. But um, please continue to rate and review. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to uh, a big step in October, hopefully, to uh, being certified critics. That doesn't mean we're going to leave this this venue or this uh, surrogate for our ideas and opinions, but uh, we'll just have more momentum to keep going. And so we're excited for that. And so thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Before we finish up, uh, <laughs> oh, it's almost like you were so confident you could do a good job that you messed up. Before we finish up with shout announcements, we have one important thing to say. And I just can't wait. Oh, I just can't wait to do what? To be king. That's right. Next week, we are reviewing our number one winner, The Lion King. <laughs> Guys, we're doing the Lion King. Yeah, so excited. I'm so excited. This is one of my, this is my number one favorite Disney movie. One of my all-time favorite We had so many voters, so many voters, and thank you for our Disney Dozen. Yes. Lion King was Unsurprisingly, or by surprising. far, oh my winner by goodness. a mile. So yeah. we yeah. know that you are as, as as excited as we are for next week. Mm, it's gonna be good. Make sure you tune on in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for shout announcements, and now it's back to the show. And here we are in the meat of our story. Nope. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, sort of in the meat of our story. Pacha has met. Llamified Cusco. Yes. And it's time to go on their adventure. I love Pacha. Yes. Yeah, I really do too. It was really tough for me to pick a super pump uh, between John Goodman and Eartha Kitt because they both, I mean, everybody, but but them in particular, I feel like their their voice performances are on another level. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. In, in a theme of all these changes for the better with the craziness of the production of what this was going to be, like John Goodman's way up there. Because he oh, was yeah, one of yeah. the not original ideas. You know, for this. he doesn't say wow even one time. No, that's, that's a little disappointing now. to me. But you know, wow, wow. <laughs> but man, uh, I mean, he's a double dizzer. We got to talk about that too. Oh, yeah. he's a double dizzer. He's he's James P. Sullivan in the Monsters Incorporated franchise. Got something that's for true. you. Hmm. Your boy's a triple dizzer. Really? Do tell. Oh, he's, I know. I know why. He's a character in Princess and the Frog. What? Then he's a quadruple dipper. Stop. Is this happening live? He's Baloo in The Jungle Book 2. What? John Goodman is a quadruple dizzer? He's a quadruple dizzer. That's Does incredible. Disney own 10 Cloverfield Lane? <laughs> because <laughs> if honestly, so, honestly, probably, probably do. They probably do. Was it done by 20th Century Fox? I'm going to give I that a quick know. Google. <laughs> it was JJ. Quintuple dizzer. Like it's getting to the point that I don't know what the term is anymore. Like after quintuple. Sextuple? Sextuple. Uh, sorry. We, we support we sextuple. sextuple. We, we, have, we have a good friend who insists, just this is sort of a uh, by the by, that both J's and J.J. Abrams' name stand for J.J., so his name is J.J.J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and I, it's JJ's all the way down. I do love that very much. <laughs> I, I also think it's funny if both stand for Jabrams, and so it's Jabrams, Jabrams, Abrams. Oh my God. But, you know, that's sort of just a me thing. Woo! Thank I you, Liam, for that uh, good joke. I don't think Disney owns Cloverfield. Oh, bummer. Cloverfield, Dang that it. close. So he's only a only only quadruple. quad quadruple dizzer. Bummer. There can't be more, I mean, outside of the people that were intentionally dizzing so I'm gonna, much. I'm going to check his IMDb. Interesting. So besides just how silly and fun it is, is there much to say about the romp through the jungle with the squirrel and the waterfall? Uh, yeah. Okay, sure. talk about it. Let's because do this. Because Bucky's my super pump. Whoa! Yeah. Here's the thing. I am blown away. And it is so funny to me when you can have humor that nobody and yet everybody understands. Okay. Bucky does not speak English. Right. Thankfully, and makes it another layer of funny, Kronk speaks Bucky. Yes. But, <laughs> like, man, there's just something about, like, his pupils getting smaller when he's about to pop that <laughs> balloon in front of all of the Jaguars. Yes. Like, Bucky is... The dense in a, in a movie that is just dense with funny, every single thing Bucky does is yeah. hilarious. When he doesn't want to talk to Isma, yes, and Kronk's like on his side, and I'm gonna have a hot take. I think the way Kronk saw Isma treat Bucky is the catalyst for Kronk ultimately becoming a good breaking guy in the free. End. So I think Bucky is one of the. I think he might be the glue that has yeah. this thing together. But no, Bucky is hilarious to me, and it's. It's just raw humor. Mm. And somehow that's unique, but that's how like humor started in cinema. It was like, we don't have words. Right. Like Bucky's like the Charlie Chaplin of Disney. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my gosh. That's a brand new baby sentence just born into the world. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever made that argument. I mean, there it is. And that's super pumpable. <laughs> but like Bucky and just his little like, right. like that thing is, that kills me. Yes. Like, that is so funny. And he was going to be so nice. Like, he right. offers a little acorn to everybody that comes to the jungle. And nobody is nice to him but Kronk. Oh, I just love it. And I wonder, too, if they, like, do you think Bucky was going to be a part of the end with Kronk? I don't know. And they're teaching Until everybody. Was that funny? But I don't know. Yeah, I guess I, I, I love the stories, too. You like owe in me production. a new acorn. Yes. Gosh, it's so um, so here's a here's a small addendum to our John Goodman centered conversation earlier, uh, and this is also a reference to yesterday's episode in which we discussed that Disney now owns The Simpsons. Oh. He is a voice on The Simpsons. In 1999, he played a character called Meat Hook or Meat Hook, but I'm pretty sure it's Meat Hook. <laughs> I bet it's Meat Hook, <laughs> and that is his fifth Disney voice role. So he's a quintuple dizzer. Mm, I'm still going back. I'm trying to figure it out. It's got to go deeper. I love it. How deep does the John Hole go? He's getting like Vin Diesel level for us right now. Mm, mm -hmm. Taylor Lautner level and John Goodman. And the thing about John is like, Taylor, he's just okay, man. And like Vin, he's whatever, stop, man. Stop but John, it. Stop, dude. don't say that about John his is good, man. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, I get that until you did it. Oh, well, I am off. I am off. <laughs> oh, goodness. But the jungle. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of the scenes, and I think we talked about it. It might have been a lot of, of what Doge was saying, but in terms of animation, the environment sometimes just stays the same. Is that right? And they're really yeah. only animating the characters. Right. There yeah. was so much of that in this movie and almost everything. And I think I noticed it more because I knew like how quickly they had to produce it. Yeah. No. But maybe it is, it's that much often. But I think like the other moving pieces are usually other characters and there's not a lot of that. Sure. Which we didn't mention, but like 
the beginning is chock full of a lot of other characters on screen. Right. Those when those like henchmen guards are yeah, dancing river dance. River dance yeah. is actually a big deal, probably in two thousand. Yeah. And that just had me laughing. Uh, I have for a, a minute yeah. straight. I have a good friend from high school. We had uh, uh, we had I guess it was for talent show or something. There was a point right around fifth grade or sixth grade that we had talent show. And he did river dancing for his talent. <laughs> and so that's forever what I think of now with river dancing. Amazing. It's just like this elementary schooler being like, yeah, my number one talent is probably river dancing. <laughs> and that's not it. even probably technically what it's called. That's just the name of the show that made it popular. My number one talent is stomping or blue man grouping. Blue, I'm blue man, man grouping. Real good. <laughs> We get the waterfall scene, which is a ton of fun. Um, we get to see sort of Pacha and uh, Cusco's interactions and see sort of their first back and forth banter for real here. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, with Cusco's <laughs> daredevil nature <laughs> and Pacha's just sort of stoic acceptance of what's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. And I just think it's very fun. Uh, but they fall, and that's when we sort of get our first shake hands. Oh, I'm lying. I'm a bad boy. Cusco's a naughty boy. Yeah. Um, and then we end up at the bridge. Right, that's sort of our next big set piece. Yeah. And I think the bridge is important, not only because it comes back later, but because I think it sort of sets up the relationship between Pacha and Cusco so well. For because sure. Pacha is endlessly reliable and good, and Cusco is endlessly deceptive and bad. From yeah. a structure standpoint, too, this is kind of our our midpoint. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is, this is kind of the narrative switches at this point, and we understand the scope of the final conflict, or I guess really what we're going to have to do to get back to the palace. So right. this is, uh, yeah, this is kind of that, that midpoint, that fulcrum of this yeah, movie. I agree. But from this point on, it's a mad dash. Yeah. And we end up at the diner. And I want to spend just a second at the diner. Because <laughs> the, my is super the di- is, the, is the diner post-bridge? Yeah. Uh-huh. Do we have, like the bridge, like, are you saying it comes later when they fall through and stuff? They fall through the That's bridge, the climb back up, and then we later end up. In yeah, the, the climb back up is huge. I loved how it was yeah. a comedy of errors. Like there were so many awful things happening. Yes. To them. Yes. And we get to see Cusco save Pacha selflessly, mm-hmm. which is good. Yep. We start and to get our first hint that he's Them changing. crocodiles look so much like the one from Peter Pan. Yes. 100%. Ooh, very much. Very much so. 100%. But I want to talk about the diner. Yeah. Because my super pump's in the diner. <laughs> okay. Um, Gosh. In, in the diner, we get, I don't even know what to call this other than dramatic irony at its finest, knowing that everybody in this place could ruin anybody's life at any given time. That's super Mel Brooks too. Yes. Yeah. But what we get is a scene of the chef quitting. Golly, and he does man. dump an entire pot of stew into his suitcase, <laughs> which is funny. Yes. But Crunk just stu- takes it's a over. stew case. A stew case. Very good. <laughs> Crunk just is now the chef. Yes. And now feels like a great opportunity for me to finally reveal what everybody's been waiting for. And it is that my super pump is Crunk. I have sat on this and thought about it for a while. And I went back and forth. Spring Delirium champion. But it's got to be Crunk. Kronk himself? This movie would not be the same without him. No, no way. He is hysterical. He is innocent and goofy and yep. kind and just happens to accidentally be tied to this He hor- never really feels like a woman. threat. No. Right. And when he's the chef and he, maybe my favorite scene, if I had to tie it to one for why he's my super pump, is when he immediately transitions into chef speak when yeah. the waitress tells him what the order is. Yeah. 
and he yeah. just boom rattles it off and he's yeah. just making it and now all of a sudden that's what he cares about yeah he doesn't care about he's he does, he's the chef now yep. and that's all he's got to do that's so funny and i love it i yeah. love it too. um but there's so much more with him the speaking squirrel and his shoulder angel and devil and him second guessing his skills later on when he finally decides to stand up to yzma and cut the chandelier like Everything that Kronk does, everything he is, is what I, I think of him first when I think of this movie. Yeah. yeah. He is my super I would say punk. he's probably most of the reason that this movie is second place of our Disney I dozen. think so too. Yeah, I think so too. And it's funny because it's like there's a lot of respect and admiration for John Goodman, a quintuple dizzer. Yes. But then yeah. again, there's also one that you do a character so well, they're probably never going to use you again. Right. Because all they're going to hear is Kronk. Right. The only other thing that he was used for Disney was Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. He played Buzz. Yes. Okay. Which is and pretty good. He's pretty good. also your flight instructor. On For Soren. Soren. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He is. Yeah. Which I love. And at uh, this point. Smell the oranges. Kronk. Oh, yeah. Hang light. Kronk <laughs> has made Patrick Warburton's voice like an instant love for me. Anytime uh, yeah. I hear him talk, I'm like, Kronk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. so just easily my super pump. And I love, sure. I love when there's moments where. Like in a TV series, it would be an episode. Like there's the soup Nazi of of, of Seinfeld, right? right? There's like all the different things that happen there. Uh, or there's like the whale episode of of, of Seinfeld. And yeah. I, I have a lot of Seinfeld references because I love it. But um, but when you have a movie where there's like a place, like there's a there's a certain part of the environment that you're like, you get a feeling We're like here you're now. Like yeah. the, yeah. the roller coaster is not clicking anymore and you're about to just go down. Right. right? And it's and it ha- there's more than one in Emperor's New Groove, but the the diner feels like it's way up there because yeah. oh, you're yeah. like, oh yes, I agree with that. We're here, and well, it's not like you want to hurry up and get past everything to get here because it's all funny, right? But, but we get, get we get our major breakup between Pacha and Cusco, and then they get back together. They're ready to go once Cusco realizes and the door scene with yes. Isma and Cusco. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. On second thought, make my potatoes a salad. <laughs> it's just too good. But we get Cusco sad with a bunch of llamas. Pacha comes and says, let's do this. That's a sweet, like a sweet reveal that he it followed is. him the whole way though. When he's it talking is. to the other llamas. Yeah. Well, and he has, I've never Pacha's thought about this before, thoughtful. but he's got his poncho back. And which means that he was right behind him because he just throws that on the ground. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Good catch. So I love that. But they go back home. We get the great scene with the family distracting Yzma and uh, Kronk. And gosh, I love Kronk so much here. His interaction. Let's not wait to the le- next family reunion to get together. Yes. yes. So and the good. double Dutch. Like, <laughs> and on my account, we switch. It's time. Okay. He doesn't want to break down the door that they're locked in because it's like me? a whatever nice. Hand carved mahogany. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Oh, it's so good. But yeah. And then we get one of the funniest chase scenes with oh, the yeah. dots. And then uh, the reveal of how did you beat us here? <laughs> I don't know. By all accounts, it doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it's just very good. But now we're at our final confrontation. And it, to me, kind of feels like this is actually act three. Once the confrontation begins in the lab. I, I think you can make an argument that it's when Pacha and Cusco. The lab scene is so funny too, both of them. Yes. Yeah, the lab. I love the running gag that everybody knows about the secret lab. Yeah. I think that's very funny. Yep. But- in this second lab scene is is when we get all of the soldiers turned into animals and we get Doge and I's most quoted line from this whole oh movie, gosh. which is so the, uh, I've been turned into a cow. Yeah. Can I go home? Yeah. I don't know why that just tickles my funny bone. so much. I, and I don't know why. I do too. It's not good. The, uh, 
constantly changing form of Cusco and then eventually Yzma in this yes. battle feels a lot like the Sword in the Stones last. Uh-huh. Okay. Their yeah. third act when you have Merlin against uh, Madame Mim and yep. they're just transforming into different things. Good call. Felt like a callback. And I was I looked to make sure, I thought some of them were transforming into stuff that they did as like an homage, but I don't think it was. Okay. No. Is the, the only, whale, the, the whale Pinocchio? From Pinocchio? I thought I it, it is. It's, uh-uh. You think so? I mean, it's the same kind. I don't know if it was like an intentional... Interesting. Look back, but I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe Disney's just got a way that they draw whales. That could like, be it. That's how whales go. Yeah, <laughs> we crush it with a whale. Let's not reinvent the whale. Well, I should know. Maybe they. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> was that on purpose? No. No. <laughs> but your oh, reaction was very good. good. <laughs> he leaned so far back, he almost <laughs> went through the wall behind him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we get a lot of fun stuff here in this final confrontation, mostly. Does your super pump Yzma turning yeah. into a cat? <laughs> yes. And I love it because mm-hmm. she's stuck like that forever. It's really funny. But we get our callback to the bridge falling and them locking arms and climbing up to retrieve the bottle. And we get the second time that Cusco really kind of almost for the first time does something truly selfless. Yeah. Because in the moment that he saves Pacha, he believes that that's it for him. He's going to be a llama forever. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. I think that's very interesting. <laughs> I'm just reflecting on that sentence that we right. said in the moment that he saves Pacha, he just believes he's going to be a llama forever. Again, there's no reason Welcome for this to our movie to be good. Podcast where we talk about movies, <laughs> <laughs> but Crunk kind of saves the day on accident. Yep. Yeah. What are the odds? <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. But at the end. Cusco finally decides that he, instead of ruining Pacha's entire life and home, is going to just rent a little cabin. Do you know why that is? Tell me. You know what the main influence of that was? Tell me. Sting. So they were going to have Cusco build a massive like mansion by that. And Sting was part of the pre-screening. And he was like, this just seems really selfish. I don't think y'all should do that. Hmm. And like it wrote Disney. It's like a really thoughtful, formal letter. And they were like, you know what, Sting? Good point. And then they just made it like a... The cabin instead? Yeah. Dang. Just like Pacha. What did he do with that message that he wrote him? Did he like put it in a it bottle? It put it in a oh bottle. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. Did, he dri- did he drive so fast on the way there he got pulled over Stop. by the police? Stop. Stop. <laughs> do you know what that police siren sounded like though? Which is so crazy that it was Sting. Oh, Lelia, Lelia. <laughs> Sorry. Desert Rose opening. That one really stings. Anyways, thanks, Sting. Yeah, thanks, Sting. Thanks, for Sting. being so thoughtful. Yeah. That even Disney was like, you're right. <laughs> He's a good th- thinker and a good st- stinger. Ooh. Perfect. Yikes. Perfect. There goes his listenership. Right. <laughs> Just mine. Listen to the other two on the Sting's podcast. Sting's going to Just- write us a letter, put it in a bottle, <laughs> drive so fast the police arrest him, and it's going to say, Jordan was a bad idea. For Wasn't that very joke. thoughtful. Wasn't very thoughtful. <laughs> I've also sent you this clip for your opening song. Oh, that would be awesome. Sting, Talking we know you listen. Talking about a podcast. <laughs> 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 Very good. Very good. Thank you, Stingathy. Um, anyway, <laughs> the end of this movie is so great. He gets his own poncho with a llama on it. We get to see Pacha's baby boy. And oh, yeah. we get to see Crunk teaching the children yes. how to speak squirrel. What are they called? Um, well, no. It's like, like it's junior, an animal. Junior Rangers, I thought. Squirrel, right. squirrel Scouts is too funny. And it wasn't Squirrel Scouts, been, but I, I think know. it's an animal. Anyways. Squirrel Scout cookie. I mean, there's a there's yeah. a whole lot there. Man, but. that's so deep. That's a kind of a deep comedy vein. Yeah. Let's you mine know. it. 
let's let's get there. So anyway, I think it's time to rate this movie. Okay. We here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have perfected the art of movie rating using science. That's right. Science. The same thing that Yzma used to turn Cusco hey, to a Lama. What a coincidence. We've formed the scientific cinema scale, and it is as follows. The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing is going to be buy it and then rent it. That's followed by stream it and then forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God hath forsaken us. I'm going to go first. Okay. Own it. Don't lend it. Buy that poster. It's an easy one for me. <laughs> to the surprise of no yeah, one that I, knows you. Yeah, I really? can't stop loving it. <laughs> the end. Uh, I'd give this one a buy it. This is very fun. Um, it's not my favorite Disney movie of all time, but it's very fun. Buy it. You know, I didn't even, I was, I didn't know what I was going to do at the beginning of this episode of recording, but I think because of my appreciation for how unique it is in such a, an empire of movie making, mm. especially tail end of the Renaissance here for Disney, what, what they would claim to be some of their best stuff. Um, and the super dump that says like, why didn't they do this again? I feel like it was kind right. of a dig at them. And so almost because the movie feels bullied a little bit, it's a it's a it's a buy the poster for me. I didn't hey, think it would be that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this was someone who watched it for the first time at the age of like twenty four. Right. So it's it really is funny, and there's nothing like it. And yeah. so with the rewatchability and everything that I've already said, like I, I think I'm buying the poster. Yeah. So I love that. This is a good movie, guys. Did you guys watch Kronk's New Groove? No, no. That I have was no interest. In two thousand five. I know. I have five point no nine out of ten. It's kind of what I thought. And then they did a TV show called The Emperor's New School where he goes back to high school and Yzma's the principal. Yeah, you know Cusco's 17 turning 18 in this movie? Wait, really? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. But you know what's <laughs> not going to be as bad as Kronk's New Groove and Emperor's New School? A lot of things. The movie we're watching next week, The Lion, the Lion. King. <laughs> a lot of things. It's going to be great. King. So make sure you tune in, jump on in, check that out. Yeah, it yeah. will be the last movie in our Disney Dozen series. And then after that, we got Endgame, folks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Very excited. Cannot Another Disney wait. movie, actually. Yeah. Seven Disney movies in a row. At this point, I'm a Disney movie. Eight Disney movies in a row. Because we started with Captain Marvel. That's oh, true. Oh, every, every movie is now a Disney movie. <laughs> they own us and know us. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Mouse. Two Mouse and a Mouse Disney edition. Yours is better. Now... To end this episode, here's what I'd like us to do. Yay. Each of us will say our name okay. and tell which animal Cusco could have been transformed into that would not only make this movie worse, but make it nearly unwatchable. I'm going to go first. Okay. <laughs> For two chunks and a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and I think this movie would have suffered greatly if Cusco had been turned into a common goldfish. Hmm. I'm Doge, and you can count me out for the Emperor's New Groove if Cusco turns into a hagfish, because those are the nastiest oh, so things ugly. that have ever lived <laughs> yes, on this planet. So What's a hagfish? Look it up. It's, everybody Google it. They're horrific. I yeah, don't want to look at terrible. I don't want to look at a hagfish. Very, very slimy, very long and snaky. They got messed up tooths. But they have 
they, they're kind of like lampreys that suck onto sharks. Yeah. Except for they're just so slimy. Like legitimately like looks like like fart putty, like flarp. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, it's very gross. gross. That's nasty. Yes. Uh, I'm Carter. Mm. And uh, no, it's not a calendar. Um, <laughs> I would say if Cusco was turned into um, a blue whale, okay. that's going to really throw off the setting a little the bit. The groove even. Yeah. It'll throw off the groove. And I think there's just going to, the wide, the shots are going to have to be so wide. Everybody's yeah. going to look so small. You can't the really ratio is gonna be see weird. or hear like Bucky's almost obsolete now because yeah. he can't be seen with such a wide lens. Oh, he could ride in the blowhole though. That'd be kind of fun. I mean, that could be like kind a tank. of fun. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But so, yeah, the whole scene too with them like locking arms and going up the water, like that's not going to, it's not going to happen. Tough. He could just wedge himself in there though. Probably. So or just swim and he just kind of alligators. Just smash. Like all blue whales do. Very good. Very good. Well, we'll catch you guys. As always, the thing I say to end every episode. We'll, we'll be we'll seeing you. you. We know we'll, we'll see, see you when we, we get there. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.